Greetings and welcome to Lend Me Your Ear, my editorial style journal where I can educate, highlight, identify, and expose issues with a unique assessment of the world's events, past, present, and future. America loves the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. It is safe to say America loves guns, even with the most mass shootings on the planet Earth. The AR-15 is the rifle of choice at this current time. According to the website guntradition.com, the average cost of an AR-15 is $800. Most range in price from $1,200 to $750. A basic AR rifle should cost around $700 and a high-end model costs around $1,100. Quoted from the Britannica.com website, a mass shooting is defined by the FBI as an event in which one or more individuals are actively engaged in killing or attempting to kill people in a populated area. Implicit in this definition is the shooter's use of a firearm. The FBI has not set a minimum number of casualties to qualify an event as a mass shooting. But U.S. statute, the Investigative Assistance for Violent Crimes Act of 2012, defines a mass killing as three or more killings in a single incident. For the purposes of this article, both sets of criteria will be applied to the term mass shooting, with the distinction that the shooter or shooters are not included in any fatality statistics. There has already been 130 mass shootings in America as of March 28, 2023. When the article on TheInsider.com was written by Cheyenne Gow, Grace Eliza Goodwin, and Erin Snodgrass, 130 includes the most recent shooting at the Convenant School in Nashville, Tennessee, where there were six fatalities, three adults, and three nine-year-old children. Of course, the safety of our children is in the hands of the lawmakers in Washington, D.C. and the Supreme Court Justice. Due to the rise in mass shootings in this country, there have been many calls for action, all falling on deaf ears. The Republicans will not risk losing their base in guns by enacting the type of gun laws needed to prevent another mass shooting from happening. But there are many thoughts and prayers which are not sufficient. When children are not safe in school, the elected officials should pull all stops to ensure they are. But it appears the money from the National Rifle Association takes precedent over the livelihood of the people in America. Many ask, how can one agency control so many elected officials? I say campaign donations. The money that NRA invests in political campaigns appear to control the minds of Republican officials in America. President Biden has called for a ban on assault rifles like the one that was passed in 1994 that expired in 2004, signed by President Bill Clinton. 
An excerpt from the Washington Post by analysis Glenn Kessler from March 24, 2021, under the headline Pinocchio Test reads, Biden said the 1994 law brought down mass killings. The biggest hurdle for him is that correlation does not necessarily equal causation. But Biden also was careful to cite both the ban on assault weapons and large capacity magazines. And new research increasingly supports the idea that restrictions on LCMs were effective in reducing the death toll when the law was in effect. Moreover, recent research also supports the contention that mass shootings have increased since the law expired. What once was a hunch unsupported by rigorous research has now been largely confirmed. Biden did not say that, but it helps bolster the case that the law was more effective than originally understood. If Biden had suggested the decrease in deaths was large, as Clinton did two years ago, he might have been in line for at least one Pinocchio. But we will leave this unrated. The body of research now increasingly suggests the 1994 law was effective in reducing mass shooting deaths. Enough is enough and have been enough for decades now. It is safe to say Americans are fed up with mass shootings in their communities. Whenever anyone is violently murdered, it pulls at the heartstrings, but it is the mass incidents like Sandy Hook, the Charleston Nine, Uvalde, Parkland School, Post Nightclub, Club Q, a LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado, and most recently, the massacre at the Covenant School specifically that increases the calls for action. Both political parties seem to agree action should be taken. What action and to what extent is the dispute? Republicans suggest mental illness should be the focus, but are unwilling to put the money where their mouth is to sufficiently fund an initiative. Governor Abbott from Texas totally blamed the Uvalde shooting on mental health. According to an article from the Texas Tribune dated August 30th, 2022, written by William Mahaldo reads, Governor Abbott's spokesperson, Renee Eze, said in a statement that Abbott had acted to address all aspects of the heinous crime committed in Uvalde. She said that included providing $105.5 million to fund safety and mental health initiatives. The governor also requested the Texas legislator work together on legislative recommendations to make schools safer, including considering school safety, mental health, firearm safety, police training, social media, and more. But a story by Mike Hixenbaugh and Corey C.M. Mosco and Aria Bindex dated May 25th, 2022 on MSN.com highlights in April, he slashed $211 million from the department that oversees mental health programs. In order to stop the mass shootings, proactive measures should be taken. Any reactive measure is too late and is a result of politicization. 
By now, the term Tennessee Three is worldwide and refers to Tennessee state representatives, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson, both who are black and representative Gloria Johnson, who is white. All three charged with breaking decorum while standing up for gun laws after six people were gunned down in Covenant Private School on March 27, 2023. The three state representatives faced expulsion this week for standing with their constituents at the state capitol and calling for gun measures to be passed to prevent another mass shooting in their state. The three were accused of breaking decorum by coming to the well of the house without permission. Needless to say, the expulsion was more aggressive than a Republican's supermajority response to the shootings at Covenant School. As Janet Jackson sang in her 1989 hit record, Rhythm Nation, this is a test, no struggle, no progress. Lend a hand to help your brother do its best. Things are getting worse, we have to make them better. It's time to give a damn, let's work together, come on. Congress members Jones, Johnson, and Pearson were showing their constituents they are seen and heard by standing with them. As the late great John Lewis would say, and may he rest in peace, they were making good trouble by peacefully protesting. There were no arrests made that day or warrants for arrests issued, unlike the insurrection of January 6th. Each of the three Congress members were given an opportunity to make a statement before the vote to expel them. And Representative Justin Jones stated, rather than pass laws that will address red flags and banning assault weapons and universal background checks, they passed resolutions to expel their colleagues. Jones said, and they think that the issue is over. We will see you on Monday. After a clear, passionate, very articulate speech, Representative Jones was voted out with a final vote count of 72 to 25. Next up was Representative Gloria Johnson. She took to the podium and expressed how the shooting was personal to her because she was a school teacher in 2008 and there was a mass shooting at the school she taught at in Knoxville, Tennessee. A quote from an AP article by Kimberly Cruisi and Jonathan Matisse reads, the trauma on those faces, you will never ever forget, she said. Representative Johnson was spared by her peers by a single vote with a final count of 65 to 30. Last but definitely not least, Representative Justin Pearson defended his action with a fiery, piercing speech where he spoke in his preacher voice and responded to Republican congressmen in the House with clarity and confidence. A quote from Representative Pearson taken from a Newsweek article from their website written by Caitlin Lewis on April 6 reads, We and you are seeking to expel District 86 representation from this house in a country that was built on a protest. Pearson said, In a country that was built on a protest, you who celebrate July 4, 1776, pop fireworks and eat hot dogs, you say to protest is wrong because you spoke out of turn. 
Because you spoke up for people who are marginalized, he continued. You spoke up for children who won't ever be able to speak again. You spoke up for parents who don't want to live in fear. You spoke up for Larry Thorne, who was murdered by gun violence. You spoke up for people that we don't want to care about. In a country built on people who speak out of turn, who spoke out of turn, who fought out of turn to build a nation. As great of an orator and passionate a human being can be, he was still expelled by a final vote count of 69 to 26. Personally, I recommend all who haven't heard the speeches for themselves to find it on YouTube. It is worth watching. I am certain the six victims, Cynthia Peake, 61 years old, Katherine Kuntz, 60 years old, Mike Hill, 61, and Evelyn Dykus, Holly Scruggs, and William Kinney, all age nine, were smiling down from heaven after the speeches of the Tennessee Three. I said in a previous episode, what the devil meant for evil, God meant for good. And this is a clear example because I believe there will be prosperity after this chain of events because of the courageous and selfless actions of Representative Jones, Johnson, and Pearson. The two black men were expelled and the white woman spared, but all three from the minority party in the Tennessee Democratic State House exposes the type of prejudice black people in this country have to deal with. And it wasn't surprising, but disappointing because I had thought when they initially called for their expulsion that if the world wasn't watching, they would let the white woman get off because I didn't think they would be so bold to do it in broad daylight. But they proved me wrong and they did just that, committed an act of bigotry, exemplified racism, and showed discrimination in Tennessee by expelling the brilliant young, gifted, and Black congressmen, and sparing the white woman who all committed the same so-called violation of breaking decorum and coming to the well of the house without being recognized. Old Tennessee, the founding place of the KKK. Remember last week's episode I discussed Donald J. Trump, the son of a Klansman, and his father, Fred Trump, who was arrested at a KKK rally in Jamaica, New York? See how history, history will repeat itself in one form or another. That is why it is important to learn America's history and Black history, which is not one without the other. We must also learn how to connect ideas and relative incidents to make informed decisions and think critically so we can avoid being manipulated by the wicked because it may be a different cast, but it is the same script. The Ku Klux Klan, a.k.a. the KKK, was founded on December 24, 1865 in Pulaski, Tennessee, by a group of Confederate veterans which convened to form a secret society whose mission was to reverse the federal government's prog progressive reconstruction era activities in the South, especially policies that elevated the rights of the local Black population. There you have it. And that is exactly what the Republican Party means when it says, make America great again. Led by the recently indicted Donald J. Trump, the son of a Klansman, 
what the Republican supermajority state legislation in Tennessee did to Congressman Justin Jones and Justin Pearson was exactly that, reverse progress. Justin Jones assumed office November 8th, 2022, and Justin Pearson was sworn in February 9th, 2023, after a special election. These young men didn't even get their feet wet in their elected positions and was fighting for major legislation to save the people, not the gun lobbies or some special interests, and was expelled for breaking a house rule. Some even say due to the color of their skin. When Representative Gloria Johnson was asked, why was she spared and her other two counterparts weren't, she said, it may have had something to do with the color of our skin. Even the white people identified the discrimination which is on display in this matter. The Republicans are growing more and more shameless, which makes them a bigger danger to democracy than a foreign hostile government at this point. I will wrap this episode with an excerpt with an excerpt from Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from a Birmingham City jail written on April 16, 1963. You express a great deal of anxiety over our willingness to break law. This is certainly a legitimate concern. Since we so diligently urge people to obey the Supreme Court's decision of 1954, outlawing segregation in the public schools. It is rather strange and paradoxical to find us consciously breaking laws. One may well ask, how can you advocate breaking some laws and obeying others? The answer is found in the fact that there are two types of laws. There are just laws and there are unjust laws. I will be the first to advocate obeying just laws. One has not only a legal but a moral responsibility to obey just laws. Conversely, one has a moral responsibility to disobey unjust laws. In my opinion, there were no laws broken that warranted the expulsion of Congressman Jones, Johnson, or Pearson. And the so-called breaking of decorum can be debated disputed and defended. When you compare the actions of the Tennessee Three to the elected officials directly or indirectly related to January 6th, which none have been charged with a crime or expelled, but instead catapulted to higher ranks as chairman of committees such as Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jim Jordan. Many Americans believe there was prejudice shown in Tennessee State Capitol this week and that it was probably even some conspiracy. There were no warnings given, verbal or written censures, just immediate expulsions of the two youngest and pro-Black members of Congress for standing up for their constituents who were at the Capitol that day for a truly peaceful protest. On Monday, Representative Justin Jones was reappointed by the Nashville Metropolitan Council and was unanimously voted in, and after a few hours, he was sworn into his previously held seat. Hallelujah. Representative Justin Pearson is scheduled to be reappointed on Wednesday, God willing. 
Sadly, the Tennessee State House Speaker showed no regret for his heavy-handed expulsions and stated the same thing will happen again if they break the rules. Treating them like children instead of their equals. It is always a superiority thing with white, older men. When it comes to younger black men, it must be a self-esteem issue or something. The Tennessee State House should begin to work on formidable gun laws that will prevent the next mass shooting in America because there is no doubt that there will be another with more guns on the streets of America than we have people, what can we expect? As a student in grade school, I was once told by a good teacher that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So it is only right that the youth organize and protest now because they are our future. After all, the earth will be theirs to inherit. My name is Mark Tyler, and thank you for lending me your ear.